0: The FDA on Wednesday released a list of 31 registration forms that China now requires Taiwanese companies to fill in in order to get permission to sell their products across the street. The forms require producers to state the ingredients used and their proportions, offer details on production methods and even provide floor plans and workflow charts of their factories.
1: FDA officials say that since China introduced these stricter requirements earlier this year, More than 3,000 Taiwanese companies have seen their export permits rejected. Among them, up to 1,800 firms have decided to stop exporting to the country altogether. Let's hear from the FDA.
2: For companies, this is like forcing them to disclose all the trade secrets. I think many companies won't be willing to comply with those requirements. Some companies know that making money in China is difficult, so some are opting to not do business there and focus on the Taiwan operations instead. About 1,800 companies have said they won't submit any more documents. We respect their decision to not sell in that market. The FDA will still offer help to any companies who do want to submit applications with China.
1: The FDA also responded to comments from an international trade expert who said that it was normal for countries to have special requirements for imports. Officials say that although that is the case, the degree to which details are required varies, and Taiwan only requires specific information when there are doubts over whether imports meet local food and health and safety rules. Even then, they said, it never requires companies to list the propor- proportion of each ingredient. Ministry of National Defense on Thursday held a press conference to show some of the new moves that will be added to training and the military's basic physical aptitude test.
0: Starting next year, the test will include elements such as crunches, kettlebell lifts, and flexibility tests that will be in addition to the current test involving push-ups, sit-ups, and running 3000 meters. <laughs>
2: With both hands, the soldier squats and lifts up a kettlebell to his chest. Then he's on the floor doing an elbow plank. These exercises will be part of Taiwan's new basic physical aptitude training regimen.
3: We referenced the three pillars of U.S. military power, that is high-quality sleep, a balanced diet and varied exercise. We will be adding varied exercises to the basic physical aptitude
4: tests.
3: The diversified training program has one main purpose, which is to prepare people for the physical aptitude test.
2: Currently, among other parts, the test measures participants' ability to perform push-ups, sit-ups and run 3000 meters. Starting next year, six new elements will be added. They are planks, progressive out-and-backs, kettlebell lifts, crunches, sit-and-reaches and and back-reaches. The military hopes the new program will help boost overall fitness.
3: The exercises for the upper limbs are helpful to improving stability when using pistols and rifles. The abdominal core exercises are conducive to more body stability while performing tactical combat techniques. Aerobic endurance strengthens their abilities to perform long-distance runs and changing positions by sprinting for short distances during combat.
2: Reporters asked ministry officials about the timetable for extending Taiwan's mandatory military service to one year. Previously, the defense ministry had said an announcement would be made by year's end.
3: It encompasses a lot of factors. It's not just about our defense needs. We also have to account for changes in the international situation and the rights and interests of conscripts. All of these things are being considered. Regarding the date of an announcement and a timetable, I don't yet have any information or details I can divulge.
2: The ministry did not offer a clear timetable, saying the new program touched on many factors.
0: National Security Council Secretary General Wellington Koo on Thursday told lawmakers that the mini three links will resume before the Lunar New Year. The issue has recently become a point of contention between the DPP and KMT.
1: In particular, KMT lawmaker for Jingmen, Chen Yuzhen, has been pushing the government to offer concrete dates for the resumption of the links, which have been suspended for more than two years due to COVID restrictions. The three mini-links allow for direct postal transport and trade links between the island counties of Jingmen and Mazu and select cities in China's Fujian province. Ku said that the Mainland Affairs Council was already evaluating the reopening, adding that President Tsai Ing-wen had voiced hope that the resumption could be based on healthy and sustainable exchanges. He also urged the relevant agencies on both sides of the strait to communicate with one another to evaluate the situation as quickly as possible. Enoch Wu, the DPP's candidate for the Taipei legislative by-election, is making another push for English education in Taiwan.
0: Wu says he hopes to build public learning centers that provide affordable language learning resources for children. His proposals have garnered a wide range of reactions from other politicians. Let's hear what they have to say.
2: When I was growing up, I spent a lot of time abroad. From my own personal experience, being able to speak a foreign language is very important.
3: Citing his personal experience with foreign languages, the DPP's Taipei legislative by-election candidate, Inak Wu, through his support behind the government's push to boost Taiwan's English proficiency and for a multilingual Taiwan, he says his proposals would start at the community level and focus on affordable education.
2: We should follow the civic sports center model and set up a learning center in each district to provide affordable and quality learning opportunities. I think it should be one third of the market price at most. Although the bilingual nation policy and English language instruction are important to everyone, few people have proposed specific pathways for it. In addition to formal education, we need to consider how to provide more learning resources for children. I think this idea proposed by Enoch is not only applicable in Taipei, but also in other areas.
3: Li Wen, who's experienced with teaching English in Matsu, praised Wu's political views. Meanwhile, Wu's KMT rival Wang Hongwei, who is currently self-isolating after testing positive for COVID, shared her opinions online. Enoch
2: Wu's public policies and political views have been shunned by even the DPP, who is off in his own world. He ought to go back and examine whether his political views have any substance or are just idle theories. Otherwise, voters that are on the fence won't be able to trust him. Whether it's for national security-related policies, the relocation of Songshan Airport, or the promotion of the bilingual nation policy, we have in fact made very specific propositions. So I would like to call on my opponent and her party once again to not make criticism for the sake of criticism, but to work together with us to face these problems.
3: Wu also asked Wang to put forward specific political views of her own and make things clear and understandable in order to engage in a clean election.
0: Historians in Hualien are thrilled by a surprise discovery. A statue made in 1935 was unearthed in recent construction works. It was originally part of a fountain in front of the original Hualien Railway Station.
1: Although local historian Huang Jiarong had an inkling that the statue might have been buried at the site, he was delighted that a bit of routine maintenance on another piece of public art brought the lost statue to light.
2: A crane lifts a gigantic stone ball into the air to move it away. The landmark stone of Hualien City has been worn down by unsteadiness over many years, and it's time for a repair job. The stone was taken to a marble yard in early November for a good polish. Meanwhile, the foundations were also getting much needed maintenance, but the maintenance crew didn't expect to dig up a lost Japanese colonial era statue.
5: We spoke to the construction manager when they were digging and asked them if they could be mindful and take care while they were digging.
2: Cultural historian Huang Jiarong has been interviewing older adults in the area for many years. He had heard from them that the statue was buried underneath the fountain, and his hopes of finding it paid off handsomely. This 150 centimeter tall statue was made in 1935 to celebrate the construction of Hualien Port. It stood right at the centre of the fountain in front of Hualien Railway Station, but was buried when the station moved to a new location. 40 years later, it's been recovered, and lots of local memories along with it. People are quite familiar with the characters
5: Momotaro and Kintaro, so we asked lots of older people, and they all said it was Kintaro. Then we discussed it with some professors, and they said it's more likely to be the Chinese image of a child holding a fish. We hope the city office team can, at this time, map out a series of measures to preserve these cultural artifacts and negotiate together with cultural historians and teachers.
2: Historians are thrilled by the reappearance of a statue already more than 80 years old. Whether it stays in situ or finds a new home in a museum, they hope it will shed new light on Hualien's modern history.
1: Taiwan's central bank has announced it will raise its key interest rates by 0.125 percentage points for the fourth quarter in a row. Among the reasons for the decision is Taiwan's consumer price index, which is still above the 2% warning mark, despite trending down in recent months.
0: The bank says that another factor considered was falling global demand, which could impact Taiwan's export-oriented economy and investment momentum. The central bank also revised its prediction for Taiwan's GDP growth for 2022 down to 2.91 percent. The adjustment comes amid three consecutive months of negative growth in exports and despite a rebound in consumption amid easing COVID measures. The bank says it expects Taiwan's economic growth rate to see a significant drop in the fourth quarter. Taxi fares are set to get more expensive in Taipei, New Taipei and Jilong starting April next year. The base fare will go up to 85 NT from the current 70 NT.
1: In addition, the taxi meter will add 5 NT for every 60 seconds that the vehicle is stationary instead of every 80 seconds. Cabbies say the rise is reasonable but are wary that it may drive off potential riders after the new fare system is implemented.
2: A line of taxis ready to take passengers. Back in March, a taxi drivers union asked the Taipei city government to bump up taxi fares, citing rising inflation. Now a decision has been made. Starting April next year, taxi fares in Taipei, New Taipei and Geelong will start at 85 NT, up from the current 70 NT. When stationary, the taxi meter will add 5 NT every 60 seconds instead of every 80. That's separate from the 30 NT holiday surcharge for the Lunar New Year from January 17th to January 29th.
3: Of course I care. It's a huge hike. It reflects rising prices, so it was to be expected.
2: The public is divided on the fares. Originally, the union had proposed that the base fare start at 100 NT, with 50 NT surcharges during typhoons, torrential rain and national holidays.
3: In addition to the considerations over the operating costs for taxis, we also considered the degree of acceptance from the public. If in the future, Taipei, New Taipei and Geelong don't all make a unanimous decision on canceling work and classes, that could give rise to disputes.
2: Taxi drivers had hoped business would return with the lifting of COVID restrictions, but now, they say, the rise could cause them to lose passengers once it comes into effect next year.
3: Whenever the rates go up, the number of passengers drops for a while, but eventually they return. The fares have stayed the same for seven or eight years. If you were to adjust the rates every two years, they would have already reached this point anyway. We didn't want to raise the rates because it was a hard time for everyone.
2: Currently, ride-hailing services such as Uber base their fares on the distance traveled and local demand. Meanwhile, Yoshi charges 70 NT for the first 1.25 kilometers, with 5 NT per 200 meters thereafter. Drivers for these platforms say they hope their fares will also go up next year.
3: (laughs) Fuel prices are higher and costs are higher. Of course, I wish they would update our fares, too.
2: Will the rate hike help drivers earn a living, or will it drive off potential passengers? It remains to be seen.
1: The upcoming final match of the World Cup between Argentina and France have football fans around the world on the edge of their seats. But something fans may not know is that many of the jerseys they see in the competition are actually made, by a Taiwanese manufacturer.
0: The company uses innovative ways to create jerseys that are environmentally friendly, functional and look great... and fans have been scrambling to get their own.
2: The final match of the World Cup will take place on the evening of December 18th Taiwan time between Argentina and France. In the one month lead up to this match, a football craze has spread around the globe.
3: Amidst the buzz for the World Cup, the jerseys worn by the suave footballers as they give it their all on the field have become a hot commodity. Whether it's the classic blue and white of the Argentina jersey or the emerald green Mexico jersey, almost all are out of stock in Taiwan. It's no surprise given how many people have been staying up to the early morning hours to catch every match.
2: We've seen almost every match. France is definitely going to win. Some people watch it at home and some people go to restaurants. At some more American-style restaurants, you'll see more football fans.
3: However, something the public may not know is that the jerseys from nine of the countries in the World Cup are made in Taiwan by a well-known textile manufacturer which uses yarn made from recycled marine waste. They're not just environmentally friendly, but are practical and look great.
2: It's very important for it to be quick dry to deal with sweat effectively in the hot and muggy weather of the Middle East. It's inevitable that the fabric will get pulled, so it also has to be durable.
3: Taiwan's textile industry is internationally renowned for its functional fabrics. And every four years, the World Cup presents an opportunity for football fans from all around the world to take notice of Taiwan.
2: In the early preparation period, the brand gave us a number of how big the shipments they needed would be. But in the end, we supplied them with more than twice the original amount. There's always some extra demand during major annual tournaments in Europe or for national cups.
3: And it's not just the World Cup. Half of the NBA teams in the US have their jerseys made by Taiwanese manufacturers, allowing the world to see Taiwan on a world-class stage. Pingdong farmers have a new assistant. It's an artificial
0: intelligence system that can tell if pineapples are good or not.
1: Traditionally, farmers determine the quality of the fruit by tapping its skin and listening to the sound. But now they've taught a computer to do the work for them.
2: This is how you find out whether a pineapple is good. Give it a tap and check the sound. Now, farmers are outsourcing the job to AI. Pineapples move down a conveyor belt and automatically get a light tap from the stick. Big data analysis of the sound is then used to determine if the fruit is good to eat.
5: Normally in the harvest season, you need lots of people tapping pineapple. So now we've got this automated tapping with recognition of the acoustic fingerprint. We just have to put the pineapple on the tapping block and it does it automatically. In the past, you needed a worker or farmer with a great deal of experience to tap the fruit and
2: listen to it and judge. That's very costly. Pingdong farmers and professors from National Tsinghua University <laughs> built this machine to do the work of an experienced farmer. It's increased the yield of the pineapple harvest, but it wasn't easy. Setting up the models to build a database of sounds and give the computer a standard to judge by took this farm months of work, and they had to tap 50,000 pineapples in the process. <laughs>
5: We started tapping pineapples at about 4 in the morning, tapping and collecting data. Sometimes we'd do it for 12 hours a day. This is a prototype, a proof of concept. It seems to be quite feasible already. If we want to transfer the technology or mass produce it in the future, we'll have to refine its
2: reliability, of course, and find a way to make it a little bit cheaper. This is just the first model. The team says they will now combine it with a weight classification system to make the process more accurate. That should make ping-dong pineapples more competitive than ever.
1: The Health Promotional Administration has developed strategies in cities and rural areas around Taiwan to improve access to healthy foods for adults aged 65 and up.
0: The move is a response to Taiwan's aging population, with the country set to become a super age society by 2025.
3: FTB reporter Stephanie Yang has the details.
4: the lack of access to a balanced diet is a common problem in rural areas of Taiwan. To tackle the issue, the HPA has launched a food truck to supply healthy food to people living in rural indigenous communities. The packages are labeled with nutritional information. The HPA says it hopes that those living in mountainous areas won't have to travel far to get food anymore. You see,
2: we are also healthy now, we eat really well. It is very convenient now because there is a car to bring fresh fish and meat up there so we can eat very healthily.
4: Meanwhile, in the city, a well-known hypermarket has launched its fresh food ambassador training program to provide staff with a better understanding of nutrition so that they may provide information to customers. Fresh ambassador, in fact, we want all our associates, they start to to be educated with nutrition in that way uh, all the customers, when they enter into our stores, we are capable to teach them some basic information when they choose the products. It besides their favorite one, but also we can tell them how they can choose to fit their needs. Since 2016, the HPA has been working to promote healthy eating for older adults by sending out nutritionists all over Taiwan to assist and educate businesses and residents. Wu Zhaojun, director of the HPA, said that in 2022, the plan focused on expanding to more communities and indigenous villages.
2: from <laughs> Since 2017, we have had about 60 nutritionists across the country working in the community. The most important thing is to teach older adults how to cook healthy food that can provide them with a balanced diet. With
4: well, Taiwan set to become a super-aged society by 2025, the HBA hopes to work with communities to ensure that older adults around Taiwan can have access to healthy meals. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Tong in Taipei.